the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today. Who shall be able to stand? What a penetrating question. God's word clearly tells us what we must stand against lest we fail to fight the good fight of faith. We must love, not hate. We must forgive, not seek revenge. We must pray for and be effective witnesses to the lost so that they can be found, no matter what. We must stand on the firm foundation of the church that Jesus Christ built, for we know that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Have Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander teaches us today. And Father, we thank you for the privilege of preaching your gospel. Help me to preach in the power of the Spirit. Move me out the way and have your way. And I pray, Father, that those who have ears to hear, hear what the Spirit of God has to say, that they will write down spiritual principles, that their hearts would not be hardened, but receptive to the truth of the Word of God. In Jesus' name, and all God's children say it. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to the book of Romans, chapter 13, verses verse 11a, and then First Timothy, chapter 6, verse 12a. Romans 13, 11a, and then First Timothy 6, 12a. Romans 13, 11a says, And do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12a says, fight the good fight of faith. In other words, don't just fight, put up a good fight in the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. And from this passage of scripture, we're going to preach part two entitled, Who Shall Be Able to Stand? Who Shall Be Able to Stand? My friend, America is at a critical crossroad and we need to humble ourselves and pray, repent and return to God now or we shall face imminent destruction just like other nations preceding us. We have many selfish, ungodly men and women in leadership of our nation and even in the church, we have ungodly persons who are giving leadership who need to be removed from office. And we should vote in God-fearing, righteous persons who will take a stand to preserve our Judeo-Christian values. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 2 says, When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. God has positioned me here along with other pastors around this nation and world as watchmen on the walls of America. 
The foundation of our nation is being destroyed by political correctness. The foundation of our nation is being destroyed by tolerance. The foundation of our nation is being destroyed by relativism. The foundation of our nation is being destroyed by greed. The foundation of our nation is being destroyed by deviant sexual perversion. The foundation of our nation is being destroyed by same-sex marriage. The foundation of, of our nation is being destroyed by premarital sex. The foundation of our nation is being destroyed by gender confusion, gender fluidity, gender reassignment surgery. The foundation of our nation is being destroyed by pluralism, false doctrine, pornography, gambling, adultery, drugs, central dress, debt crisis, and witchcraft, just to name a few. The psalmist says in Psalms 11.3, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Should Christians be involved in politics? That's a critical question we need to address. I'm going to say some things that you're not going to hear on ABC, CBS, NBC, CNBC, Fox News, and all the other alphabets. Should Christians be involved in politics? The Bible speaks to all issues of life socially and politically. The Bible instructs us on love and compassion. The Bible instructs us on sin and judgment. The Bible instructs us on the consequences of sin. The Bible instructs us on the character of God. The Bible instructs us on the birth of Christ, the life of Christ, the death of Christ, the burial of Christ, the the resurrection of Christ, the glorious return, future return of Christ. The Bible instructs us on the lordship of Christ and what God requires requires as well as what God requires of his children who live in a fallen sin cursed world. You want to know how to live in this evil world in which we live. The Bible instructs us how to walk circumspectly and to behave ourselves in a wicked and perverted generation to the glory of God. My friend, if you do not like what you see in the political arena, Why don't you be a part of the solution and run for office to make a difference for the cause of Christ? What is wrong with you getting involved in politics, uh, being a righteous person to affect this country for righteousness to the glory of God? Amen. God is waiting on you. Where are the righteous Who are the salt and light in a country that is on a spiritual decline? Matthew chapter 5 verse 13a says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? If we would only be the salt as the scripture commands, we will delay the deterioration and imminent destruction of America. Matthew chapter 5 verse 14a says, you are the light of the world. God is not waiting on Hollywood. God is not waiting on the White House. God is not waiting on entertainers and rappers. God is waiting on his church to be the light in the midst of a dark and decadent society in which we live. The darker our nation becomes spiritually, the brighter our light should shine for Jesus Christ. God used Pharaoh to elevate Joseph, who was in a godless and idolatrous culture, to govern and give leadership 
over the land of Egypt. Yet Joseph did not compromise his godly convictions in a godless culture. And that's what we need. We need the righteous to get engaged, get involved in government and be uh, uh, and be righteous and affect change for righteousness to the glory of God in our nation's capital and in our states uh, and locally and, and so on. Genesis chapter 41, verse 38 through 48 says, and Pharaoh said to his servants, this, this is a godly, this is a, this is a godless man talking, a wicked man talking. Pharaoh, uh, can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the spirit of God? Can we find such a one even today in the political arena? Verse 39, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you, Joseph. You shall be over my house and over my people shall be ruled according to your word. He was elevated. God elevated Joseph in the fullness of time from from prison to prime minister. God overruled and put him in high place for the preserving of his own nation and to affect that nation for, for, for godliness and to stand in the midst of a godless culture and he wouldn't compromise. What should you look for in political candidates seeking office? What should you look for in political candidates seeking office? Number one, Do not select a candidate based solely on party affiliations for all parties have both good and corrupt individuals within the organization. Your allegiance should be to Jesus Christ alone. There is enough unrighteousness to go around. There's enough ungodliness to go around. There's no such thing as a as a righteous political party. Number two, do not select a candidate based solely on their race, appearance, or oratorical skills. Do not select a candidate because of likability. They can, they can be likable, but have damnable policies. First Samuel chapter 16, verse 7 says, but the Lord said to Samuel, look at this. Do not look at his appearance or at his physical statue, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. It is the heart that the Lord looks at. So do not select a candidate based solely on their race. I vote for them because of their race. Or they look nice. Or they they can talk smoothly. They are oratorical in their speaking. As Pastor Rander continues this message, we are reminded that every government of every nation is established by God. Whether we realize it or not, all government leaders, righteous and unrighteous, are used by God to do His will. And what should we do? Stand on the word of God. Pray and intercede for those in authority. Obey the laws of the land, except those things that God forbids. 
God does and will continue to bless individually and collectively those who keep his commandments and walk by faith, no matter what. Thirdly, do not choose a candidate because he or she appears to be the smartest person. Do not choose them because they possess attractive academic credentials. Do not choose them because they have the most experience in politics. We must choose candidates who will rule in the fear of God. We must choose candidates who will rule in the fear of God. Number four, what should be of interest to us is not the political party of the candidate, but the policies espoused by the candidates. What should be of interest to us is not the political party of the candidate, but the policies espoused and promoted by the candidate. While some choices seem difficult to make when you're not satisfied with either candidate, what do you do in such a case? Then you need to ask yourself, which person would God want more in this office? And which one's policies line up more with the Bible? Upon determining that, vote for that candidate. Now, I know we're getting weary of voting for the lesser of two evils, the lesser of two evils. I don't like either one of them, the lesser of two evils. However, because America has strayed away from God and lost our divine covering, we are reaping what we have sown and we are not even being presented with good choices anymore because of the decline of America. God says, I'll not even give you good choices. That's a sign that America is declining. You say, well, I don't like either candidate. Staying home and not voting is not an option. You will not change anything by being a sideline grumbler, and it will not change America. You will not change America by staying in your house and being a big grouch about how bad things is, and you don't have enough get up and go to be registered and go vote righteously to the glory of God. Not voting because of not liking what you see in either candidate is not the right response. We have God's sovereignty and human responsibility. Just because God is in control and knows the outcome of the election doesn't mean we should not vote any more than saints not witnessing because the Lord already knows who will be saved. All the candidates will not be co-equal in their motives, they will not be co-equal in their thinking, and they will not be co-equal in their deeds. With the pressing critical issues we are confronted with, it is important that we become informed and vote intentionally, vote intelligently, and most of all, vote biblically on issues because at the end of the day, it is not the candidate, it is the policies behind the candidate. One will be more used by Satan than the other. Therefore, we must know the candidate's position on all the issues, see what the Bible says about those issues, and vote for the candidate that are more aligned with scriptures. 
There's a staggering verse located in Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 which says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. You know, you'd be surprised how many people are ignorant. They don't have a, a clue what's going on because they just get their, they, they get their clue from the media, uh, from the politicians, from, from the talk shows. And, and they, don't, they don't know what the word of God says because they don't pick up and read the word of God. Their mind is not saturated with the word of God. They don't have the mind of Christ. As a matter of fact, it is getting increasingly more difficult to preach truth, not only out in the world, but even more so in the church. People reject truth. And you know why they reject truth? Because they listen to talk shows and the political pundits and they listen to the rappers and the entertainers and and all of these persons until when they get in church and hear truth, truth, they choke and they reject it because their minds have been conditioned Secularly. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. What is knowledge? The word of the living God. I also will reject you. You reject this book, you dismiss this book. You don't go back to this book, the Bible. The word of God says, I will reject you from being priests for me because you have forgotten the law of God. I will forget your children. Did you see that's in the Bible? Now, you need to get the last because you have forgotten the law of God. You don't want the word of God. You rather hear what people are saying. The pundits are saying the politicians are saying the talk shows are saying. He said, "Okay, you want to you want to be like that? I also will forget your children. Number five, prayer must precede and permeate everything we do. Prayer must precede and permeate everything we do. We must seek the face of God in prayer if we desire to see the hand of God move in our nation. The crisis we have in America is not just a political and cultural crisis, but more than that, it is a moral and even more spiritual in nature. We have a spiritual crisis in America. Our problem demands a spiritual solution. If we have a spiritual problem, then it can only be rectified by a spiritual solution. We must begin on our knees. John Bunyan said, and I quote, prayer will make a person cease from sin or sin will entice a person to cease from prayer. Second Chronicles chapter 7 verses 14 and 15 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. There will not be a healing in this land until God's people humble themselves. God's people would pray. God's people would turn from their wicked ways. We expect the world to be wicked. We, we expect the world to be rebellious. But, but, but God's people have some, uh, have some rebellious ways. He says, you who say you love me, you who say you are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, 
We need to humble ourselves. We need to pray. We need to seek God's face. We need to turn from our own wicked ways. He says, only then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now, there are some who say, well, he was talking to Israel here. Yes, he was talking to Israel here in this particular text, but the principles are just as true for today. Even for today, verse 15, now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer be made in this place. If the church is not praying, then where will we get prayer? If the church is not praying, then who's praying? Prayer sensitizes us to the fact that our nation is perishing. Have we not learned our lesson from the horrific attack in America on 9-11? If we fail to repent and turn from our sins to the Lord Jesus Christ, he will send something far worse to judge America because of a loss of divine protection. The same God who removed the protection of Judah in Isaiah 22, 8 through 9, is removing his divine protection from America because she has rejected God. She don't want God anywhere anymore. Don't want a cross. Don't want anything that represents God. No Christian symbols. Take God out of everything. So why should God save America? God, then when things happen, we say, where's God? God said, well, I wanted to be there, but you put me out. You put me out. Why should I rescue you? You dismissed me. People ask me, where is God? And 911, I said, well, he's, all, he's where he's always been. He's on the throne. Isaiah 22, 8, 9a says he, underline this, this is a big passage. He removed the protection of Judah. Those are his people. And if, and God, the same God who removed the protection of Judah is God enough today to remove the protection from America. You, the Bible says you look in that day to the armor of the house of the forest. You also saw the damage to the city of David. I judged her. And it wasn't just a little judgment. He says that it was great. And when judgment comes to America, the next thing that comes to America is going to make 911 look like a piece of pie. Not like a piece, not even less than a slice of pie. Because we won't call on God now. What will it take for you to call on God? I tell you, I declare to you, God knows how to get your attention. He knows how to make you cry. He knows how to make an atheist cry out, oh God. Oh yes. Number six, as we evaluate candidates... We must strongly consider which candidate will stand with Israel because Jewish anti-Semitism is on the rise in America and around the world. We have just witnessed 11 Jewish worshipers being gunned down at the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh on October 27th, 2018. Nations around Israel desire to see her totally, not partially, totally destroyed and wiped off the map. Nations around, millions and millions of people, what from our, uh, Iran and so many others, 
around the globe want to see Israel wiped off the map. I pose, I want to I educate you biblically and share with you some things that you don't hear in the media. You won't hear this question asked, why are the Jewish people so hated by Satan? Why are the Jewish people so hated by Satan? You don't hear that on the talk show. Where is that question? Let me give you some reasons. A, the world hates the Jews because they hate God. The world hates the Jews because they hate God. The Jews were God's firstborn. His chosen people, Deuteronomy 14.2. I didn't have time to put all the references on for the sake of time. But you go back and read it. I sure wanted to read each passage to you today, but the message would have been much, much longer. So to condense the message, I put the reference. You read the references in your quiet time, okay? The world hates the Jews because they hate God. The Jews were God's firstborn, his chosen people. Deuteronomy 14.2. Why are the Jewish people so hated by Satan? The Jews can be traced all the way back to the patriarch Abraham, who is the father of the Jewish people. And from them comes the human ancestry of Christ our Messiah. Let me just reiterate again. I know you're writing. The Jews can be traced all the way back to the patriarch Abraham, who is the father of the Jewish people. And from them comes the human ancestry Of Christ our Messiah. Our Messiah came through the Jewish people and he is our Jewish Messiah, our Jewish Savior. And you can see a good portion of that in Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 through 16. See, why are the Jewish people so hated by Satan? The Jews are so hated because God used the Jews to bring forth his word, which is the book of the law to a sinful world. Satan hates the word. Satan hates the word. And he hates the Jews through whom the word came. The signs are clear by a preponderance of the evidence. It is increasingly difficult to distinguish between the churched and the unchurched. Church attendance among millennials is alarmingly low. We are spiraling downward when we should be soaring upward for the cause of Jesus Christ. Children of the only true and living God, wake up! If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas. Or call us at 210-821-5683. As children of God and in obedience to Him, we are obligated to bear life-giving fruit through our witness to the unsaved and unchurched. In doing so, we are blessed when we are passionate about carrying out the Great Commission to reach lost souls for Christ. The Maranatha Bible Church family invites you to join us on Sunday, January 29th at 10 a.m. as we celebrate Bring a Friend Day. Be our special guest and bring a friend. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.